Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The lights are out. Curry gets it. The lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Jumper is up and no good by Melton. Pulled off the glass by Iguodala. Surveys the floor. Waits, lobbed it for Peyton, who skywalks to the rim and jammed it down. Oh, my goodness. That pass had to be perfect. And it was exactly perfect. A bright spot for the Warriors on a night that ends in a loss inside Memphis uh, as the Warriors lose at the FedEx Forum tonight. 116 to 108. John Dickinson here with Warriors wrap up. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. That's the phone number to participate in the program. You can give me a call or shoot me a text there as we react to the Warriors' 10th loss of the season. Golden State now 30 and 10 on this campaign and the Grizzlies their winning streak reaches double digits as they pick up their 10th consecutive victory, improving now to 29-14 and 14, and uh, a team that, that's trying to vault themselves into the conversation uh, among the, the top of the Western Conference and, and push the three teams that have really uh, garnered the most conversation, of course, being the Warriors with their start, uh, the Phoenix Suns, who move again in front of the Warriors atop the Western Conference with their victory tonight uh, against the Toronto Raptors, and then the uh, Utah Jazz, of course, who were the top seed a year ago, uh, and in that same mix again this year, the Grizzlies trying to push their way into that conversation, and uh they give the Warriors trouble, point blank. I know this is a night where Draymond Green didn't play, uh, but also a night where, where Dylan Brooks and Steven Adams didn't play for the Memphis Grizzlies on the other side. And the, the overarching issue for the Warriors in this game, uh, an obvious one, but it was the turnovers uh, in this game uh, as the Warriors committing 17 turnovers, which led to 26 Grizzlies points, a 26 to six advantage in terms of points off turnovers for the Grizzlies, who wound up with 100 field goal attempts. So 18 more shot attempts in this game for the Grizzlies uh, over the Warriors. And it was just a, it was an uphill climb, it felt, uh, from the jump. But the Warriors were game for that climb uh, right before halftime. The Warriors found themselves down 18 in the first half. It was 49 uh, to 31 Grizzlies and the Warriors showed a lot of fight and a lot of that fight started 
with Gary Payton II being put on John Morant, who went wild early and then wound up having a couple of big plays down the stretch along with a couple of big Tyus Jones three-pointers that helped keep the Warriors at bay. But after the Warriors found themselves down 18, late first half, early second half, Warriors with a 14-5 run uh, into the first half and then started the third quarter on a 23-7 run, part of a 39-28 third quarter for the Warriors. And you felt like they had an opportunity to, to take control of the game at that point, up eight in their own right at 74-66, to but then more turnovers and an 11-0 run for the Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies uh, would wind up climbing right back into the game and then they go on to outscore the Warriors 29-18 to in the fourth quarter. So you add it all up, and the Grizzlies take uh, their second game in three head-to-head meetings uh, so far this season against the Warriors. 116-108 to uh, is the final in this one. So the turnovers, obviously, uh, I mean, just, just killers <laughs> for the Warriors. And offense, I think we're finding, is the theme more often than not with the Golden State Warriors in some of these games that they've been losing. They now have lost three of their last four going back to uh, last week where they lose to the Dallas Mavericks, and then they wind up being in position where uh, they they rest some guys against the Pelicans, and then uh, they end up uh, they come home, they get a win on Clay Day, but then right back out on the road and, and on the road now without Draymond Green and unable to get a win uh, in this game in Memphis. So uh, the overarching question of the night is, uh, how you feeling if the Warriors and Grizzlies wind up locking horns in, say, a second-round series? Because I, I think, uh, it, it not to say the Warriors couldn't win, but I think that that type of a series would, would definitely take a toll. They have a lot of length. They have a lot of athletic defensive playmakers. And there are certain aspects of their team that the Warriors do have a difficult time guarding. Uh, but but they can hold their own uh, against the Warriors. They can make life difficult to, for Stephen Curry. Uh, eight for 21 tonight. 27 points for Steph. He did get fouled on three three-pointers and knocked down three free throws uh, each uh, in each of those instances. Uh, so you look at Steph, and he was able to, to make an impact that way. Clay Thompson, a plus 17 in the, in the limited minutes. So some positive signs there. Uh, but the Grizzlies continue to be a team that just, just plays the Warriors tough. Uh, and you know, e- even without Draymond Green, uh, where you know it's going to be a little bit of a different conversation if he's playing. They they just they, they like playing against the Warriors. They're unafraid, and it's going to take a, a pretty darn good effort in a lot of different phases for the Warriors to be able to, to hold them off and, and beat them. Uh, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson here. We'll get to some phone calls. We'll also hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr. Let, let's get Armand in here to get us tipped off tonight. Uh, Armand. Armand, you're on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, what's going on? Um, I just wanted to say that everything you said is correct. Memphis is a tough matchup, but truth be told, the Warriors are going to have problems closing any series out if Steph Curry doesn't get back to his efficiency. Um, this is one of the reasons why I argue with people who say Iverson is better. Uh, he's shooting like Iverson. When you're shooting 39, 42% volume shooting, uh, you make it tougher. What separates Steph Curry is that he's always shooting anywhere from 48 to 50 percent. 
and he's always been around that 43 to 45% three-point range. At the end of the day, we can talk about turnovers, yada, yada, yada. That is true. But when you take an eight-point lead and Steph Curry ends the game with another two-for-nine type of performance from three, and he's still missing some of these layups. Now, he's attacking the realm more. He's making more of them. But there are still layups that I see him missing that he's been making for years. And you've got to have your best player play like the best player consistently so they can win. But it's going to be tougher with the saving grace, Clay coming back, and he'll get more minutes and I'll cut out some uh, minutes from some other guys once he gets in rhythm later in the year and gets stronger. But uh, this is a game where, you know what, Steph, you got to help deliver at home. There are things he has to do better. He's got to set a better tone. And one thing that I noticed with Steph, he's having too many games where he gets off to a bad start outside of the Cleveland game, but then he finished bad, missing his last seven. So, simply put, we can talk all this about the turnovers and everything. Steph has to play like the top five player. He is not shooting like that, and we're halfway through the season. we got to be honest. You need him to step up more. All right, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 888-957-9570. I mean, there's no way around. I mean, the, the inefficient shooting has been an issue of late, and the Warriors have some figuring out to do, I think, on the offensive side of things in how they're going to, to close games. And and there have been games where Otto Porter will make some threes. There are games where Steph's going to go uh, white hot. There, there's games where I think Clay Thompson down the stretch is going to give them an infusion of, of some big-time shot making. Uh, and, and I think that will allow them to prevail. But they, they got to figure out, and it's interesting when we play Steve Kerr, I mean, he, he had something to say with respect to, to just where this team is at right now with Clay Thompson's return and moving forward uh, as far as their identity, which I found to be interesting, and we'll get into that coming up. But uh, we do have people that want to talk. Phone lines are open, 888-957-9570. Chris in Concord is up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Um, you know, a little bit disappointed about tonight, but again, you know, the Grizzlies, man, they match up well against us. And kind of just piggybacking off what you mentioned earlier is, you know, I'm not afraid of playing them in a series because I, I feel like we have what it takes to kind of take that series. But what would it do to us following up that series? Because that would go, that would go the distance in my opinion. And, you know, hopefully we get hot at the end and our team meshes, but it, it is a little concerning how well these guys match up against the Warriors. Thanks for the call. No, I think it. I think it's a great point, Chris, and, and thanks for the call. Yeah, it's not so much that the Warriors wouldn't win that series because I, I think we would all favor them to win the series and think that with their experience level, they could pull that series out. But the best-case scenario is probably a really, really hard-fought five, most likely six, and maybe even just seven grueling games. And as things are currently stand and look the Warriors did drop from one to two tonight so Phoenix went back up to one Memphis stays at four but if the Grizzlies are in that four spot and the Warriors wind up one you're talking about having to play maybe the Grizzlies in the second round and then the Suns in the conference final let's say and then you know Milwaukee or Brooklyn or whoever the heck is waiting for you on the back end that, that comes out of, of the Eastern Conference. So uh, I, I think it, it's more about that. It's more about the gauntlet. It's more about the path and 
just each series takes a toll and each matchup takes a toll and the Grizzlies are the kind of team that that may not have quite enough at this stage of their development to knock the Warriors off but they can take a piece of them Uh, and and we've seen that happen along the way Uh, other teams take a piece out of you along the way and and then you don't have enough to finish the 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 whole thing all right eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero Tim is next here on 95.7 the game hey Tim you're on Warriors wrap up Uh, what's going on tonight my man JD, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Long time no Good. talk to. Um, um, I just, you know, yeah, I don't think it'll be that big of a deal us playing against them. I think by that time we Clay will be a different person. We'll be a totally different team. Um, I will tell you this: Steph Curry against them, I don't think would be. It would. I, I wouldn't want to have. I mean, honestly, Jay, it's getting to the point when Steph is shooting his threes, I mean, I'm almost expecting to not go in anymore. Like, it's getting to that point. I mean, Jay, he had three air balls tonight. Now, listen, I'm and I'm just asking you. I genuinely want to ask you. I mean, I mean, am, I, am I going crazy? I mean, this has been about a month, month and a half. I mean, I would tell you this, J.D., you put the last year Steph Curry, the guy we saw last year playing with this team, said he, they probably have lost three or four games. I mean, let's be honest. So, um I'm just asking you. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I think he'll get himself out of it. But he shot three air balls tonight. You know, it it just doesn't look right. And I don't know. I don't think he doesn't look slower. He doesn't look anything. I don't. I think maybe the league has figured out. Hey, maybe let's put more size on him. Is that what it is? But I mean, he's missing shots, JD. That none of that seems to be the the cause of. So. You know, and then again, I'm asking you, man, but I, and it's going to look a little concerning, not so much for the big picture, because I do think we'll be a wholly different team. And then just some of the timing, J.D., just think about, like, Clay has been out all of this time, all of this time, and then the day he comes back, Draymond tweaks the cap and warm-ups. You know what I mean? It's just that. That's just kind of just crazy. Um, but, yeah, the, the Steph shooting thing, just a little concerning, Jay. Um, and when I can, when I think about the last year Steph Curry on this team, I honestly think they would have probably have lost three or four games, man. I, I mean, what do you, what do you think about that, man? Yeah, no doubt. And and look, I think he's going to have to find a rhythm. I I think the more minutes Clay Thompson can play, and thanks for the call, Tim. The more minutes he can play, and the more he can start to look like himself. And and look, let's be honest, the early returns on Clay, I think, as far as how he's just looked physically. And and being over the injury and athletically, like I think Clay's looked really, really good to this point. Now he hasn't been knocking down shots in an efficient manner either, but I think the more he starts to look like himself, the more that's going to help Steph Curry be freed up. Because I think what teams are doing is they are just completely selling out in terms of body and Steph, physical bodies, athleticism, bigger, bigger bodies, trying to get him into the lane. And and really, I think you know, using the fact that that the officials, frankly, are are letting things go at a greater rate around the basket than, than maybe they had in in previous years, which which didn't necessarily apply to Curry because Curry wasn't going to the basket. But I think it's it's more. You know, the in-between game has been a little bit off. The floater game has been a little bit off. The the drive and pulling up, and, and you know, there's been a lot of Steph almost attacking looking to draw fouls and, and maybe he's not getting those calls as opposed to looking to go up and, and, and finish. But I think he's also just missed shots that, that 
in other years in his career at the rim going to the basket he's he's been able to make so i think i think all of that uh plays a, a role here but i think when when clay starts rolling a little bit i think that's going to be the point in which all right maybe teams are going to have to start to focus a little bit more attention on clay and that's going to open things up uh, for for Stephen Curry but but right now right now it's just a matter of you know pushing him through it i'll tell you another thing i'll give you another theory and i've i've thrown this out there they got to fix his rotation he's playing more minutes and and tonight you know more has not necessarily been better as he ended up playing 38 minutes and 41 seconds so he basically played 39 minutes in the game tonight and he played nearly the whole first quarter. It looked like it was going to be the the normal rotation again, but but Steve Kerr pulled him out with about two thirty to go before the end of the third quarter, and he winds up putting him back. He he puts him back in at the top of the fourth quarter, then takes him out in the middle of the quarter. Curry wants to play the old rotation, like he just he likes to be able to finish quarters, and he likes to be able to to get out there and work his way into a rhythm. And I, I just think while the team maybe overall has been helped uh, with with the rotation where he comes in, sits out, comes back at the end of the quarter, stays in, begins the second and fourth, but then there's been too many games where Steve Curry either hadn't taken him out for that second rest or he has taken him out and put him back in like he did tonight, and things are just a little bit off or there's not enough time for him to work his way back into that lather that he really likes to work himself back into. So I, I think that's another thing to watch for when Clay Thompson does come back. It's the and and comes back and by comes back I mean he's already back but can play, you know, thirty minutes a game, can can work his way into the thirties in terms of, of minutes played. When he's really back back, I think Steve Kerr will be a little bit more comfortable just running Curry out there for the entire first, the entire third, rest him the first five or six minutes of the second, rest him the first five or six minutes of the fourth, and get his game back in that rhythm that that he's used to having it at and, and used to, you know, used to being able to build uh, a, a little bit of a rhythm. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson here, Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Phone lines open, reacting uh, to this game as the Warriors lose to the Grizzlies. Uh, 116-108 to 108, uh, is the final in this one. So the Warriors are 30-10, and 10, Grizzlies 29-14. And, and uh, how you feeling if the Warriors wind up playing Memphis in a playoff series? They have taken two out of three, Draymond Green being out. Warriors now 3-4 and four in games that, that Draymond has had to miss. And, and as far as uh, you know, Tim, our, our guy Tim, talking about, you know, Clay comes back and then Draymond goes down, I think that was always going to be big part of the story of how great this Warriors team could be is how many games would Steph and Clay and Draymond all be able to play together. So I, I think, in, and right now, that, that it's essentially zero at this point because Draymond's missed the last couple and not great news on the on the Draymond front uh, as far as the rest of the road trip. We'll let Steve Kerr... Uh, 
settle all that uh, because he did have some thoughts on it uh, in his post-game press conference, but not good for Milwaukee as the next game and Chicago as the following game and then Minnesota on the back end of this trip before the Warriors come home and have a, have a seven-game homestand where maybe they can get uh, back on track. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Let's get Pauly in Oakland up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Pauly. Hey, how's it going, Chief? Hey, man, great show tonight. Uh, I got just two quick takes on this, man. And uh, I hope I'm not being too personal, man. You know, Curry is awesome. But I think as far as, like, physically, I think he's just too big. He's just too buff now, man. I know he's trying to put on that weight so he can, like, not get tossed around as much as he used to. But I don't know. I think that's backfiring. And the second thing is, his parents are going through a divorce right now. I I think that sometimes, you know, when it comes to shooting, a lot of it is mental, believing that, you know, everything is good in the background, and then that then the game takes care of itself. But I think there's some mental things going on just with the family issues right now, maybe. Uh, but I'm hoping the guy gets his shot back, man. We need him now. You know, we got the rest of the half of the season to go. And I'm hoping that uh, maybe he can just slim down again. Maybe his triceps are a little bit too buffed uh, and get his game back, man. We need him. Th- thanks for the call, uh, Paulie. And, and look, it it's you know hasn't really been asked, but those are two thoughts that I've had. I mean, I'll be honest. They're two things that have popped into my mind because I tend to be kind of analytical where I'm thinking about everything and, and what could it be. And, yeah, if your mind's not totally right, if your head's not totally uh, – I don't want to say not into it because I think – I mean, Steph Curry's into it. But if there are things going on that, that maybe are, are, are taking a toll, it, it can cause a little bit of an issue. You know, you're not the first person that's brought up just, you know, Steph's body and how physical uh, he looks and, and, and bigger he looks. But but whatever it is, I mean, I, I'm also, uh, you know, as I go down that path a little bit, I'm also more apt to just say wait a game. <laughs> you know, wait, wait a game or wait for the next 10 games because, and I keep saying it, and I think it is going to happen at some point, he's going to go on just a nuclear stretch of 50 of the next 100 or whatever, and it, it's going to be all right. I mean, this guy is the the just clear-cut MVP on a tear, and the numbers are maybe not at the peak of what his numbers have been throughout his career, but but right heading down that path again to being in line with with the top couple of years of his career. So uh, there's a lot of season to go, uh, over half a season to go, and I still think you know Stephen Curry's got another month, two-month stretch where he's just uh, otherworldly, and we're going to be like we have in some other years where we've gone down this road. What's wrong with Steph? What's wrong with Steph? Uh, and then, you know, we, we look back and we go, man, it was silly that we spent so much time talking about it at the end of December and, and, and the first couple of weeks of January. Tito in Fairfield at 888-957-9570. Hey, Tito, you're on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Oh, I just want to say, you know, a couple points I think I was exactly with the guy. He hit it on the, you know, knows I tell you about Steph Curry. And a lot of things people can understand this little schism going on. Also, is um, Draymond Green's not been around. And people really underestimate him a lot. And um, he's a glue. Thanks. 
Yep, appreciate the call. Sounds like you had your radio up in the background there, so we we'll get you in, get you out here, uh, and open up that phone line at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors lose to the Grizzlies, one sixteen to one hundred eight. So Golden State now thirty and ten. Grizzlies improved to twenty nine and fourteen uh, on the year. Some some positives and negatives uh, for the Warriors in this one. I, I mentioned Clay Thompson. I really do think physically he looked he looked pretty good. The the five of thirteen, his shooting's got to come around, but I think that's still only a matter of time. But he he made a real positive impact on the game for the time that he was in there. Uh, thought the Warriors maybe waited a little bit too long to put. Gary Payton the second on on John Morant. The game did flip when Steve Kerr put Gary Payton the second on John Morant uh, about the three minute mark of the second quarter, and the Warriors immediately went on a fourteen to five run to close that half uh, and put themselves uh, in a spot where, where they were you know, right there within striking distance. And then they come out uh, only down eight at the half and they jump. Uh, on the Grizzlies in the beginning of that third quarter with Gary Payton the second taking the the rotation spot that was held by Juan Toscano Anderson in the first half and so it's 14 to 5 to close it's 23-7 to open the third quarter and and yeah Gary Payton the second uh another just just positive positive game he and I know he was a little bit banged up and I think the Warriors were trying to maybe save some of his minutes for the second half, potentially, knowing that they'd want to have him on Morant. Morant Morant doesn't fear Wiggins. I think that's one thing we know. John Morant doesn't fear Wiggins when Wiggins is on him uh, in, in big moments, and he's got a lot of confidence to begin with. So I, I think when you look at, at, at Morant, uh, something to keep an eye on you know, moving forward there, when Peyton was able to be on Morant, uh, and, and it was the right call to have Peyton on the floor there at, at the end of the game. But when he was able to get Wiggins on him at different points, he just he likes to be able to try and go at and, and attack Andrew Wiggins for as good as a, a defensive player as, as Andrew Wiggins is. Uh, but another one of those nights, and maybe some of the, the injury issues are a part of it, but another one of those nights where you look at Gary Payton, and there's been a few of them this season, where you look at him and you go, Boy, wouldn't you have liked to have seen a little bit more Gary Payton? Wouldn't you have liked to have seen him out there for just a, a couple of more minutes? And it, and it sort of gets into this bigger picture conversation about how Steve Kerr is going to distribute minutes once he gets everybody back. And now with Clay Thompson back two games in and, and Draymond has been out, but once you get those players back, who are the guys that are going to play every game? Who are the players that are going to maybe find themselves in and out of the rotation? And you know, tonight was one of those nights where you know Gary Payton, a plus-plus player, I think you can't be afraid to push the limit with Gary Payton because he's been such a, a positive impact player. Uh, I just don't think you can – I don't think you can you know, not play him too much at this point. Uh, you know, if, if he pushes 30 and that means – on a night where Jordan Poole maybe isn't playing as well, and tonight was a night where it was just a rough night for Jordan Poole and a series of, of rough nights for, for Jordan Poole. And you know, Poole, a minus 17 in this one. So as, as good as Clay Thompson was with his plus 17, Jordan Poole was a minus 17 in, in this game. And, and you're thinking, well, maybe – Maybe it's a night, and Poole has struggled uh, five of his last 25 since he had the big game in the win over Miami. 
where he came off the bench and, and put in 32 points. Uh, he's only got 43 in the last handful of games. I guess that's four games since. Uh, he's been 5 for 25 from three-point range. Uh, and so the Warriors are trying to figure out, uh, you know, what to do with him on nights where maybe he's not putting the ball in the basket at the level uh, that, that, that he can. When he fills it up, it's you need him out there. You want him out there. He could even potentially be a, a finishing player, I think, for, for the Warriors. But when he's not on, I think there is a fine line of, all right, well, how, how long do you give him if you're Steve Kerr to let him get rolling uh, as opposed to maybe going in a different direction and maybe you know trying to play somebody else that that can give you a net positive and I think tonight you know that player was 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 Gary Payton the second and you look up uh, and even banged up I I kind of went eh, only only 23 minutes for Gary Payton the second maybe if he plays a little bit more maybe if he's on John Morant a little bit more uh, they're able to slow. Uh, the, the Grizzlies down, it becomes more of a zero-sum kind of a game. And, and on a night where the Warriors' offense uh, w- was there and then it wasn't there, uh, it becomes, a, a you know, they can ride their defense uh, to home, maybe, and, and, and finish the job in that fashion. All right, 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Steve Kerr coming up next. Uh, more of your phone calls. We'll get to some texts as well. It's Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Wiggins to Curry. Curry crosses half court. Curry on Zaire Williams. Step back off the dribble three on the way. Got it! That Golden State's got the lead 61 to 59. Wow. My goodness. Now back to Warriors wrap up on 95-7 the game. Yeah, part of that big run early third quarter as the Warriors had climbed back into the game, 14-5 going into the half, 23-7 coming out of the half, and the Warriors were putting it on the Grizzlies. And there were moments in that third quarter where you thought the Warriors might be able to actually build a nice little cushion for themselves. The, the largest lead they got it up to was 74-66, to uh, an eight-point 
advantage at that point, but you're thinking, man, they, they, they had the, the Grizzlies on the ropes. The Grizzlies, though, came right back and grabbed the lead, and then they wind up prevailing in this one, 29-18 in the fourth quarter. Grizzlies win it 116-108. to 108. So uh, kind of a statement, I think, uh, even with Draymond Green not playing. Grizzlies didn't have uh, Dylan Brooks or Steven Adams. Just just a statement as we start to look at the, the matchups between Warriors and Grizzlies, Warriors and Jazz, Warriors and Suns. Like These are all season series that I think do deserve some extra scrutiny because these are the teams that the Warriors ultimately will likely play in the postseason if they're going to make a run toward an NBA Finals. And you know, the Grizzlies to you know, have the Warriors hit them back after the Warriors had hit them in the or the Grizzlies had hit them in the first matchup. Warriors hit them back a couple of weeks ago at, at Chase, even shorthanded, and the Grizzlies uh, to to bounce back and then and then show that that they're in it uh, even in a game where Draymond doesn't play. And, and you know, I, I think that goes a long way. I mean, they they play the Warriors as tough as anybody. Uh, in the league. 888-957-9570. Let's get Bones uh, in here up next on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Bones? Hey, man. Hey, you know what? I'm going to keep it real. I didn't even see the game, but I heard that we took the L, right? And it's like, hey, that playing game was the first game right there where we knew that these dudes were for real. That game, that last game when... um, we played and we locked uh, Ja down. How much did he have that game? He didn't have that much. GP2 was no leathering him the whole night. We play him. We can't let John get off. I don't even know what he had, but I guarantee he probably went off. Yeah, 29 tonight for John Morant, and thanks for the call, Bones. And, yeah, it – Gary Payton the second did a hell of a job on him late first half, early second half, but he wound up with 29 overall, and he was controlling the game and having his way early, and and he had some plays down the stretch. Tyus Jones had a couple of big threes uh, in in this one, and and he ended up with 17 points and was a a plus 20. He was the the number one positive player for the Grizzlies in terms of plus-minus for the whole game uh, and wound up five for five from three-point range in this one. So that's that's something you don't always account for, is Tyus Jones having that kind of a game in 23 minutes. Kind of a kind of a Jordan Poole type of a, a game on a good night for Jordan Poole. But yeah, five for five from three and a couple of big ones down the stretch uh, when the Warriors were, were right there. It was 103-100 when Steph Curry and Klay Thompson came back into the game at the 439 mark and Tyus Jones hits back-to-back threes, and it winds up being 109-100 at that point, uh, and the Warriors were, were never uh, – they were never really able to overcome it. They did get it down to three uh, on the steal and the dunk uh, from, from Gary Payton the second, but uh, then Ja put it away uh, with the layup and the, and the and one. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. All right, let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, following this one. Uh, a lot to say as the Warriors fall to the Grizz. I thought Tyus Jones' two threes broke the game open, and that was uh, that was the key. So, um, you know, we did a lot of good things to get back in it after a really t- – bad first half uh, but uh it was a great game two two uh two of the best teams in the league and they're they're the hottest team in the league and we gave ourselves a chance but we didn't didn't play well enough to win 
change to the concept of the dairy when I'm done. Can you speak about using dairy on the earlier? Uh, yeah, well, of course, you know, Gary's, uh, you know, one of best defenders in the league. And uh, so we knew he was going to guard him for quite a bit of the game. And uh, so we, we get we got there and, you know, we started wigs on him, but eventually got Gary on him. You've obviously been around a lot of things that kind of worked into a over five uh, just a, a team that's really well coached, well put together. Uh, play with a lot of confidence. Uh, the pieces fit. Uh, they've done a great job. Just uh, the whole organization, you know, building building this team from the ground up over the last few years. They've you know nailed their draft picks and developed their players well. And Taylor and his staff have been have been great in terms of uh, you know forming an identity and building the team around jaw and uh, so great uh, great job and they're they've turned into one of the best teams in the league that uh, clay was uh, really good you know uh, a plus 17 in his 19 and a half minutes um, he looks quick he looks agile uh, he looks strong um, it's really exciting to to see how he's playing this early, you know, um, after that long of a period of being off. And uh, I look forward to being able to play him more minutes. What makes John specifically so hard to defend? And Gary, too, obviously, one of the best defenders in the league, but between the finest success and shutdown. Just staying in front of him. You know, Jaws, uh, one of the best athletes in the, in the league and explosive and, and really hard to contain. And Gary, uh, I thought uh, came in and did a did as good a job as you can in uh, trying to contain uh, the penetration and stay in front of him. You know, he's been out so long that uh, <laughs> the game's even changed in the last two and a half years. You know, uh, the, all, all, it seems like all these games turn small and there's not much uh, rim protection and there's switching everywhere. So you end up with guards in the paint uh, after a switch. So I, I just think Clay is seeing. Um, room in, in front of him, and he's attacking. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's no secret that uh, down the stretch we're going to want Steph and Clay, you know, uh, shooting big shots, and you know, Wiggs can also uh, attack and get to the rim. But uh, yeah, we're going to call a lot of. A lot of plays for for uh, for Clay and and uh, try to get the ball in his hands for sure. What was your pitch like? Were you look at the clock to get him back in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew you know the pl the plan was uh, was in in order. We knew what we were doing, so we were going to save him for the last five minutes. And so it'll you know it, that'll be uh, a process as he continues to ramp up his minutes, uh, and we get Draymond back. Um, you know, you, you'll see the team start to form in terms of how we're going to close games and uh, not only uh, offensively, but defensively. And uh, so I, I think in a, in a, in a strange way, um, you know, these next three, four weeks are going to be about uh, kind of reestablishing our identity as a team. We did a great job um, these first 40 minutes, 40 games of uh 
you know, becoming a great defensive team and, and uh, a lot of guys have played um, important minutes and, and um, established roles. But now that's going to be shaken up a little bit because Clay's going to uh, play a huge role. And we've learned a lot about some of our young guys. And so this next month or so, um, you know, we're going to shuffle the deck a little bit and, and uh, try some different combinations and try to get everything in order for the, the stretch run and the playoffs. If you weren't on very long, it's possible he could join with the I think it's doubtful uh, right now that he would join us. Uh, he's doing well, but... Um, it, it seems, you know, with the back-to-back, -back, it, it, uh, it, it seems far-fetched to, to think that we'll just fly him out and play him. He's, he's not ready to, to do that, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes the next couple of days. You talked about job size and raising this team, but are you just – is it also impressive how the person's death is just shown in this game? Obviously, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Payne, not going with Jeff guys like Zaire and Nathan Zaire Jones. Is the Grizzlies' death just kind of – yeah, yeah, and that's what I was mentioning earlier. You know, they've done a, a great job in the draft uh, with guys like Bain and and uh, Kyle Anderson in a trade, I think. But um, a lot of guys who have um, come in here and played important roles and given them a lot of depth. You know, Brandon Clark hasn't played much all year. He came in and made an impact. So they've built a, a really good roster. They have, and the Grizzlies uh, 29 and 14, and the first team to beat the Warriors for a second time. Uh, two of the 10 Golden State losses against Memphis. Uh, Steve Kerr with a couple of things uh, I think worth delving into a little bit more deeply. We'll do that in just a moment, uh, but first I want to get uh, West Oakland Sam in here uh, on the phone lines at 888-957-9570. What's going on, Sam? How are you? Hey, 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 JD! Happy New Year, man! It's been a minute, brother. Uh, um, I just I compare what we're going through this season. I compare it to uh, do you remember like during the dynasty run, especially like when we had KD, how we would look at wins and losses and be like, oh, I can't believe we lost this game. Uh, compared to what we have this season, um, I take our losses completely different. I I, I take them more as uh, let's look at what we could do rotation wise and specifically with a game like tonight, like, like where we've seen what Gary Payton can do against Ja, because you know, like Memphis gives us, they give us trouble with their small ball lineup and, and just with their rotations as well. And like, even though we're missing Draymond, they are, they are a strong defensive minded team and they give us problems in almost all aspects of what we can do offensively. They can match in a way, and um, and they didn't have and they didn't even have Dylan Brooks, who was who who did amazing against uh, Steph. But you know, as we work Clay back in and get him back in the mode and get his minutes ramped up, um, I'm not too worried. But I just want to really focus on uh, looking at this season as building rotations than just wins and losses. So yeah, that's all, man. Yeah, and I I think that's a good point. And look. It this team's also 30 and 10. <laughs> I mean, at, at times around these parts, it, it's almost as if the expectation is that this team was going to be 30 and you know, 35 and five. I, I mean, 30 and 10, I, I think 40 games into this thing is something that, that any warrior fan would have signed up for. Uh, so I, I think that's, I think, you know, it, it, they, they're right there. They're within a game of the best record in the NBA. Uh, yeah, the Western Conference is, is starting to take shape. And you look at it, and, and you know, 
the Suns are pretty good and the Jazz are, are pretty good and the Grizzlies are, are, are on the come and, and, and enjoy playing against the Warriors and, and pose some problems. Uh, but I, I think that is a, a good way of looking at it. I mean, you take your 30 and 10, uh, this team's going to be on pace to win 60 games at the halfway mark, regardless of, of what happens in Milwaukee. And that's just a tremendous, tremendous season. I don't know how many people would have bet the Warriors to be on pace to win 60 games uh, at, at the halfway point of the year. I certainly wouldn't wouldn't have uh, at, at that point. And, and I thought they could have been, you know, I, I thought they could have, been a pretty good team and and it was pretty apparent that they were going to be a pretty good team if you watched them in the preseason uh so but but yeah 30 and 10 is is a tremendous record and now uh to get back into some of the things that that Steve Kerr had to say because uh, I do think it is in line with Sam's call is just the the notion of reestablishing an identity, and I, I get that it's a little tricky right now because Clay Thompson's minutes are are restricted, and he can only play twenty, and you're working him back probably to twenty five, and then hopefully eventually to thirty. So he's going to get his starting spot, his rotation spot, but how does everything else fan out off of that? I don't think it's necessarily as difficult as Steve Kerr makes it out to to reestablish what the identity is going to be. I think it's become pretty clear, and I've mentioned this a few times. I think it's become pretty clear who should be playing for for this Warriors team as far as regular minutes every night. When you look at Steph and Clay, and obviously Wiggins and, and Draymond, once he comes back and is healthy, Looney's going to play. We did have a, a text about Looney. How come no Looney down the stretch? Well, no Looney down the stretch because you were going to have uh, Gary Payton II uh, in the game down the stretch, and you wanted to have a little bit more offense uh, with Otto Porter in the game as well down the stretch. So I think at the, yeah, the, the question would be, uh, you know, do you go back to Looney versus, you know, versus maybe having Porter out there on a night where where Otto Porter Jr., uh, you know, nine points, but but it was one of the quieter games that that Otto Porter Jr. has had. He wasn't a negative seven, so I think that's that's a fair question if you want to say you know maybe Looney over Porter. Uh, but it but to me, there's nine players that are going to play, and and the four bench guys are Poole and Peyton and Porter and Iguodala if he's healthy, and then you fan it out beyond that. And you say, all right, Lee's going to play some. Warriors didn't have Kaminga tonight uh, due to some knee soreness. Uh, so uh, he was unavailable in this one. And then, and then JTA, who started the game uh, but wound up only playing seven minutes, and, and, and they went in another direction as far as who was going to get those minutes in, in the second half. Damian Lee stepped in and, and got some minutes uh, in the second half, and Peyton took the, the starting spot at the beginning of the third quarter, which which was the right call. But I don't, I don't know that that there needs to be all of the mixing and matching and and you know throwing some different groups out there. I, I just, I, I didn't love the way Steve Kerr put that. Like I think it can be a little bit more buttoned up. And I think if you've watched the first half of this Warrior season, as we all have, I think we know who brings what to the table. I think we know who the net positive players are. I think we know who the sometimes in the rotation players are, sometimes not in the rotation players. Uh, and, and then it just becomes uh, really uh, you're just going to have to try and work. Um, you're just going to have to try and work Clay Thompson back in and back up to a point where he can 
he can be playing you know closer to the 30s in terms of minutes uh, than where he's got to sit out and you're waiting, all right, when's the next four or five-minute stretch going to be uh, for a guy like Clay Thompson? The, the other breaking news, uh, in, in I don't think it was necessarily all that breaking, but, but breaking when Steve Kerr is asked about the status of Draymond Green for the games in Milwaukee and Chicago coming up on Thursday and Friday, and Steve Kerr saying it's doubtful and that it, it's not as if they would just fly him out and play him. I mean, the first sign that this was something a little bit more significant than maybe a game or a game or two was when he wasn't on the trip. I wasn't expecting that one for for Draymond to not be on the trip with what the Warriors are are saying is left calf tightness uh, that that came on in the warm up on Sunday, the the Clay Day return game at Chase. He comes up uh, feeling a, a little bit of a twinge and then winds up not playing in that game other than the ceremonial tip-off. And then when you hear Draymond didn't make the trip, that's when you're thinking, okay, well, that means he's probably not going to play on the trip at all. And I know the Warriors had left some gray area. Maybe he flies out, maybe play, maybe he come back from Milwaukee or whatever. And let me tell you, if he's not playing in Milwaukee and he's not playing in Chicago – then you're not flying them out you know, halfway across the country to play one game in Minnesota and then come home uh, with the team and then play in, in the seven-game homestand. I mean, that that's Steve Kerr basically saying without saying, uh, and you know, officially, air quotes, doubtful, but that's Steve Kerr saying without saying that Draymond's probably not playing until a week from tonight against the Detroit Pistons at the earliest. So that's concerning. And you know, as much as... We talk about Draymond Green and missing Draymond Green uh, as far as the off or the defense goes and the defensive player of the year candidate, where the Warriors really have missed him the most in the time that he's been unavailable has been offensively. It's been flow and rhythm and and the ability to to get you know easy baskets for others and and just you know the, the offense that the Warriors run doesn't run the same without Draymond Green you know, pushing the tempo and and being able to work with Stephen Curry and being able to have uh, all of those actions wind up leading to, to opportunities for him to make plays for others. So I think you know it, it didn't look great in the game against Cleveland, but the Warriors had enough defense. You hold them to 82 points and you wind up winning that game even though you can't get to 100 you know, tonight the Warriors knocked down a couple of more three-pointers, and they didn't get the best game from Jordan Poole, but they, they miss the flow and the pace that Draymond Green allows them to play with offensively. And in more of the Warriors' losses than not, if you say, hey, did they not play an offensive, a good offensive game or a good defensive game, I mean, it, it, it's almost always been, well, they didn't do enough offensively, or they had far too many careless turnovers, or another team's length bothered them and they couldn't outshoot it to earn themselves a win. And I think you've seen it at times in, in close games down the stretch, a couple of them against the Grizzlies, where the Grizzlies are able to do just enough on one end to slow the Warriors down and then get a few key baskets and John Morant being able to provide a few of those baskets uh, in those head-to-head matchups. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson here uh, on Warriors Wrap-Up. Uh, top of the hour, uh, we'll switch it over to Kolsky and company as I'm going to sit in for Kolsky. Uh, Tracy Sandler is going to join us uh, to talk some 49ers uh, at 930 
but we'll keep the Warriors conversation going as well. We'll also get into some 49ers conversation in the top of the 9 o'clock hour, uh, and we'll hear from Clay Thompson and, and do all those different things. Uh, right now, though, uh, let's go ahead and hear from Gary Payton II. Uh, he had an impact on this one uh, in his uh, 22 minutes of play tonight, 13 points, knocked down a big three, six of eight. He was doing a number on John Morant. Let's hear from GP2 from Memphis. When Paul wants to take on John. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, it's just a fun matchup for me. Uh, he makes me, you know, um, he makes me better, you know, guarding him and, you know, things he does. Uh, it's just a, a fun challenge for me. And, you know, he just takes my game to the next level. It's probably up there as of right now in this time and and everything in the in the league and whatnot and in the matchup and players you know that's in his league he's one of those that uh, can take over a game pretty quickly so uh, I'll be looking forward to this matchup. What's your strategy? <laughs> Just touch him, make him uncomfortable. Uh, he doesn't like that. I think he doesn't like it, but um, you know, just make him make him uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, it's great. It's wonderful to have him on the court and with us and, you know, help him get his feel back and, you know, uh, he'll find it, um, you know, when he, when he, when he does. And, you know, we're here to support him and um, put him in our rotation and let him find it. Just the Grizzlies for the past couple of years. Were there times that the club playoff life? Oh, every time. Every time we play them, uh, we know they're going to be in the hunt, in the mix, young, talented team, um, and they're hungry. And uh, we know they're going to come out and uh, give us everything they got every time. How are you guys able to fly back into that game? I just do what we didn't do in the first half is, you know, guard, don't turn over the ball, uh, make plays, and get out and run in transition. Yeah, I was, uh, I don't know, we just... You know, uh, we cleaned up everything in the first half defensively and took care of the ball and just move it like we usually do. And, um, you know, and guys just make plays. You guys consider the Oh, yeah, they, um, you know, they've been creeping, trying to fight, um, you know, to do what they've been doing for the last couple of years. And like I said, they're a young, talented team and they're hungry and, um yeah, they're going to be in a mix, you know, a little later down in the season, you know, and see what happens. All right, so Gary Payton the second there uh, as uh, he had a nice ball game tonight, did a nice job against John Morant and a lot of questions, obviously, from the Memphis side of things uh, with respect to just where the Grizzlies are and, and their standing uh, in, in the Western Conference and, and the impact that they can make as a, as a young team that's definitely on the come and, and definitely going to put – uh, they're looking to put heat on everybody. I mean, they're, they're looking to put heat on Utah, uh, who they are currently even with now. Uh, the Jazz do have uh, – they've played a couple of fewer games. They have one fewer win, one fewer loss. But but the Grizzlies are basically – they're tied for third right now in the Western Conference, only two and a half back of the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors dip a game below the Suns. The Suns won tonight in Toronto. Uh, the Suns picked one up there. Uh, they did not. Uh, sit out their team as Utah and the Warriors did in Toronto and both those teams, the Warriors and Jazz, took L's in Toronto by basically not sending their team. 
Uh, the Suns did not do that uh, and went into Toronto and, and eked out a close one tonight. So they pick up a game in the standings that those other two teams didn't win uh, in the early going to move up by a game uh, in the conference standings. So 31-9 Phoenix, 30-10 and for the Warriors. And now the Jazz are 28-13. and The Grizzlies, with their 10th consecutive win, are now 29 and 14 and and right there tied for third so you can say hey you don't want to see if the Warriors are one you don't want to see the Grizzlies at at four well the Warriors are two and the Grizzlies are are right there on the heels you might get them in the two three (laughs) just just as likely so there is I think uh, more of a, a wide open race between those four teams uh eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero uh we'll call it a night on the Warriors wrap-up portion of things, but we're going to keep the Warriors conversation going at the top of the hour as we'll switch over, flip it to Kolsky and company as I'm with you until 10 o'clock filling in for Kolsky. Uh, 888-957-9570. We'll hear from Clay Thompson as well uh, right here as the Grizzlies beat the Warriors tonight. You heard it on 95.7 The Game. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.